Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt I'm here in the studio across from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. When people hear this, I will have been on the other side of my Denver trip. So either I died in the air or I made it out alive. Who knows? (laughs) Well, you'll all know by then, but (laughs) TBD on my fate. Exciting. Wonderful. Yeah, we're recording this the day before I go to Denver. Um, so I've been in a huge bitch mood all day. <laughs> You're welcome. Excited to bring that energy to this show as per usual. Yeah, so I am excited to be traveling, but also this will be the first time I'm traveling. Uh, I don't I don't really mind traveling, although that is what the entire deep dive is about today. It's more <laughs> just, yeah, these are the first shows I'm doing in a year and a half. And well, it's, it's longer. yeah, and it's just going from like zero to 60. And by zero to 60, I mean zero to five shows in what, three days? Yeah. That's a lot. I'm doing five shows in Denver. And if you didn't get tickets, well, it's too late now because <laughs> they happened already. But no, I'm excited. I'm excited to get paid money again. That's going to be good. <laughs> Excited for that, for sure. Well, anyway, what's happening on today's episode? We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into all the things about traveling that I'm not looking forward to, because, like I said, I'm heading off to Denver after this recording session, and uh, it'll be my first time on an airplane in a while, and uh, I'm not looking forward to all the shit I'm going to have to put up with in the GD airport and on the way to the airport and on the way from the airport and everything in between. You've really been leaning into GD lately. And finally, we've got comedian and writer Alana Michelle Rubin on the pod. Alana has written for publications like uh, The New Yorker. Ever heard of it? Vulture. Yeah. She hosts the podcast The Bop Pod. We talk about hating Halloween. We go in on depression, FOMO, and so much more. 
so let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Alright, horse things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First! Um, just a real fun story right off the bat. A press release from the South African National Parks. Press release announced that over 60 endangered penguins were found dead on a beach <laughs> near Cape Town. I didn't even know there was, I guess South Africa's like pretty far south. I mean, penguins, we imagine them as being on a bunch of ice, but listen, they can be in some hotter climates too, okay? I guess so. Yeah. If they're not on like an iceberg, they're usually on like a beach. I guess they are. They were on a beach. Yeah. Just chilling out. Dead. R.I.P. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, imagine how horrifying it would be to come upon a beach and just see a bunch of dead penguins and like what catastrophe are you about to experience seriously that's usually the last thing you see is a bunch of dead (laughs) penguins on a beach i did once go to malibu (laughs) yeah that's right i went to malibu and um there was like a baby sea lion that was dead on the beach and Mm -hmm. i like fully cried so (laughs) like the fact that there are 60 penguins i i don't know what i would do but i know it would be dramatic were you a child or was this like a year ago this is like five years ago okay um, well, it turns <laughs> I'm out... I'm a very emotional person, okay? It was really sad. Nature is pretty sad, actually. If you've watched any documentary, <laughs> they almost all die. Um, a post-mortem discovered that none of the penguins had any external physical injuries except for multiple bee stings. <gasps> turns out these penguins got attacked by a colony of bees. Oh, shit. And they killed like a shitload of penguins. That's so so many penguins. It's literally, this is um, March of the Penguins meets My Girl. Or meets the movie, wait, B. Wait, what was it? What's the... Um... B movie starring Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the plot of B movie, but... I don't know, I think it's pretty similar. No, it is the plot of My Girl. Um, a reference I'm assuming you don't know. Absolutely not. <laughs> Why would I know that? Um, Anna Klumsky and Macaulay Culkin are like childhood best friends slash, I don't know, lovers. I don't quite remember the entire plot, but he so has- So far a sounds pretty similar to Bee Movie. Deathly bee allergy mm. and gets stung by bees. And there's a scene that is seared into my memory traumatically of her coming into his funeral and like sobbing over his- his casket while and he's covered in bee stings as like a little boy. One of the most depressing sad movies you can show to a child. I have never heard of this and I'm really glad I haven't. It is, I mean, it's a pretty major cultural moment that like traumatized an, an entire generation. I don't know how you escaped it. I don't know, but I'm glad I did. Anyway, so that's what happened to these penguins. A local marine biologist said that the penguins and bees, they usually coexist. It's not like this was like, I don't know, some some chance encounter that just went awry um the bees don't sting unless provoked and so they are working on the assumption that a nest or a hive of the bees was disturbed in some way and a mass of bees just fleed their nest and and got angry murderous raging homicidal bees wasn't there a british book about like a man who owned a bunch of penguins maybe i'm conv- not dr doolittle but they I- Yes, Mr. Pop- yeah, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Mr. Poppers. Did not know that was his name. Mr. Popper's <laughs> okay. Penguins. Just walking around with his loose anus <laughs> and his flock of penguins. All their beaks could be considered butt plugs. 
<laughs> don't even know where to go from there. Anyway, uh, it is horrifying to imagine, though, that a bee could inflict that much, like that a bee could kill something. Yeah, let alone 60 somethings. Yeah, absolutely horrifying. Also, um, not that we need to villainize these bees even further, but these penguins were endangered. So (laughs) maybe next time you'll think before you sting. Maybe next time you'll think before you sting. Wow. Carrie Underwood. Got it. I actually knew that one. Care B. Underwood, right? Next! A lawmaker in Michigan who uh, himself was ordered to jail for a drunken driving case is now accused of taping a handcuff key to his foot. There's no way that you think that that would actually work. It's just way too obvious, right? I feel like that's people who make their passwords password one, two, three, because people are like, well, there's no way they're going to guess something this obvious. I also like, does one key fit all handcuffs? I have no idea how that works. I also feel the same about bike locks. I'm like, there's no way that all of our keys are different, right? Yeah, that's why you need the insane. one with the with the Pass combination. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my bike got stolen in college, and then I found it. Like someone just took it and and rode it across campus, and then I found it one day, and I was like, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> and then I stole <laughs> and then you it. Threw back. it in the lake. <laughs> no, and then my best friend, who I'm no longer friends with, got it actually stolen after wow. he told me he locked it up, and he <gasps> didn't. And that's why you're no longer friends. Exactly. Not because I got super weird. (laughs) So this was a Detroit area representative who was placed in jail for violating bond conditions. And the sheriff was not too happy with this man when they found a handcuff key taped to his foot, saying he truly believes that he doesn't have to follow the judge's orders, doesn't have to follow rules. He's the reason that politicians and elected officials get the bad rap. Wow. Go off, King. (laughs) The sheriff said he doesn't know why this guy had a handcuff key. Unclear. Maybe he was smuggling someone else out or in. Whoa. Or maybe that was just a key from a previous engagement. Most handcuffs have the same key. We looked it up. That seems like a huge issue. Yeah. Maybe he just always has it there. And just, just in, in case, case. And he forgot about Maybe it. Maybe he has like a lot of like kinky shit in the bedroom. And yeah. sometimes he needs to go to the bathroom after his partner left him locked up for a little bit too long. Yeah. You're meeting up with a stranger and engaging in handcuff play. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, they actually are going to rob you and leave you chained to the bed. Guess what? You're going to be real happy when you have a handcuff key taped yeah. to your foot. I might start doing this. Unless this they good. handcuff you to all four bedposts. Fuck. Then you're kind of immobile Mm. unless you can pull some real freaky shit and dislocate (laughs) some joints. And finally, researchers in Germany. Wow. Only in Germany. Researchers in Germany found that cows can be potty trained. Oh my gosh. Scientists put this to the test uh, and found that 11 out of 16 cows in this experiment used to learn the quote, moo loo, when they had to go. Moo, like loo, like loo. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The underlying problem is that cows uh, are actually not good for the environment. So whoever Whoa. invented them. <laughs> Breaking news. They are responsible for global warming. Um, The amount of gas that they emit, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. amount of energy expended yep. on raising a cow. Which I would blame on the humans, not on the cows, just 
Right. So, okay. I mean, they're just doing their thing. Yeah. But we decided to turn it into an entire industry. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, rather than just kind of like addressing the underlying problems with like, I don't know, the meat industry. Mm-hmm. Allow me allow me to get up on my soapbox that I don't actually practice in my daily life. <laughs> What else is a podcast? Exactly. Uh, It's a sham. Uh, I mean, a few crazy facts in the story. A single cow produces eight gallons of urine a day. Damn. That's a lot of piss. That's so much piss. I wonder how much I produce. (sighs) Probably at least six or seven. I feel like it's fairly equivalent. (laughs) There's no possible way. Do you think you drink a gallon of water a day even? Mm, I did at Bonnaroo. A couple of years ago. Cool. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I guess a, a large part of their peeing um, is com- comprised of nitrous oxide, which doesn't make any sense because pee is solid and pee is liquid. Excuse me. <laughs> Cows are just pissing out solid chunks of urine <laughs> and it's not good for the environment. This has been Science with Matt. But yeah, a, a big part of cow waste is nitrous oxide, which makes up a, a number of chunk of greenhouse gases, mm-hmm. which aren't good for the environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically, these German scientists mimic the training of a toddler's potty training, mm-hmm. and uh, they put the cows in a special pen. They did, a, which is also fucked up, artificially, like, hydrate them. They, like, pumped them full of liquids so they had to pee more often. And then they waited until they had the pee. And then if they went into the special potty training area to pee, they got a a little bit of molasses. Um, And if they went outside, they got sprayed with cold water. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is how you train toddlers? (laughs) Is by giving them a little molasses when they use the toilet? And if they don't, you just hose them down? It says they got a squirt of cold water. It's the Um, most German thing I've ever heard of. It's German potty training. Um... So yeah, they this this experiment was only about pee and not about poo, and I guess um, pee is a bigger problem, um, but pooping is also a problem. Also, the bigger environmental problem is farting. It's the heat-trapping gas methane they emit in belches and flatulence, which is a significant source of global warming. And according to the scientist. <laughs> The cows can't be trained not to belch or fart or, quote, they would blow up. <laughs> they would blow up. Ugh, same. Anyway, so just kind of a all-around fucked up story. <laughs> uh, this is the world we live in. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. You can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash where you can see video of bonus stories. You can get a special separate podcast feed that is basically a bonus episode that shows up right in your podcast app every week head to my patreon patreon.com slash it's a nice thing to do you support me you support the show you support my gambling addiction anyway next we're diving deep into traveling deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, I'm getting ready to get back on an airplane for the first time in exactly 18 months. I looked it up. The last time you and I were on an airplane, that was my last time mm. when I was on an airplane, March 1st, 2020. 
And yeah, I'll be honest, not exactly looking forward to uh, being on an enclosed tube with a bunch of other breathing, sneezing, coughing, secreting humans again. Especially considering that lately, every week there's a different story about some entitled red-faced yabo getting duct taped to their seat because they can't follow kindergarten directions for like a few hours at a time. I truly don't understand what dystopia we live in that we deserve people who have the power of flight and can't just agree to sit still for three hours. But that is the thing, all of these people who keep getting literally duct taped to their seats because they can't follow rules are that entitled that they're like, you know what, because my parents have a million dollars, I can do or say whatever I want to this flight attendant. That's how it works. So yeah, in honor of my first airport traveling experience in uh, 18 months, I thought I'd take today's deep dive to bitch about my whole experience. Because unlike the goons that got duct taped to their seats, I know that the proper way to take out my frustration about airline travel is to say it on a podcast. There we go. Okay, and not at a flight attendant who isn't trained to deal with your fucking shit. Let's get into it. First! I have never been more aware of how filthy an airplane is than right now. When uh, you're basically inside of a levitating porta potty. <laughs> Every surface is absolutely decimated in germs, even with everybody wearing a mask, even with them claiming that they're cleaning it in between, which it's like, okay, what are you actually doing? You're, you're running a, a, a dirty old rag over everything, just dragging that dirt around? Has Nicole Byer taught us nothing? Yeah. She, she warned us years ago about yeah. poop in blankets on airplanes about all of the other things that can happen. Famously, Nicole Byer unwrapped what was a sealed blanket on Delta and there was shit in it. There was <laughs> shit in it. And then she like went on to discover all of the other disgusting things that can happen on an airplane and how little there is to clean. And um, we did not heed her warning enough. No, I mean, the only way that you can be 100% certain that everything in that uh, airplane is sanitary is if you you set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way that you will possibly burn germs. Um, so what I'm saying, everybody, is bring a lighter and a propane torch onto an airplane. Dynasty <laughs> <laughs> is actually coming for us. <laughs> there's like a red laser on my forehead. Yeah, I just, I want to touch absolutely nothing. Um, the biggest thing I think when you're traveling to keep in mind is that like, yeah, every surface that you touch is disgusting. Just don't touch your mouth right. or face, which is a hard thing to do. Especially when you know you shouldn't. The moment you start thinking, I shouldn't touch my face, I shouldn't touch your mouth, it's like, okay, yeah. that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do in my entire life. Especially when you're uh, in a an environment that is sapped of all moisture. Oh, yeah. So everything just becomes immediately dry and itchy. <laughs> and you want nothing more than to scratch every surface of your body, including your eyelids, lips, and tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but listen, I ate a, a sandwich that I dropped on the floor of a cab, so my immune system, I think, is... is Rock is, solid. Yeah, it's seen horrors that um, no airplane can match. Knock on wood. <laughs> Next! 
I'm truly not here and I might offend a number of individuals who listen to this podcast and I apologize for that. Get ready. Get get your fingers over that cancel button yet again, folks, because I'm about to drop a hot one. Uh, I am not here for a theatrical flight attendant. Wow. All right. Sorry to everybody who flies Southwest Airlines. <laughs> I don't want to see a whole song and dance routine about how I should put my seatbelt on. Okay. I understand that your theater degree is going to no use. And I sympathize with you as someone who is sitting on a journalism degree that goes to absolutely no use. <sighs> Just save it. Just give me the the quick and dirty. I, you're not making my morning any better. It's 6 a.m. I don't need to hear a whole, you know, one act play. Especially if you're not serving drinks anymore. Like, y- you can't do one without the other. Have they stopped serving alcohol? I don't all think planes? so. I don't think so. I was very upset to learn that my flight to Denver will not have first class. Wow. Which I thought was kind of shocking for a, a JetBlue flight f- from here to Denver. It's like a four-hour flight. Yeah, that is a long time. Not that I would have bought it. Next! I think there need to be harsher penalties for people who don't respect and honor the boarding and unboarding process. Why is it so hard? Like, And there are other times in our lives where we have to line up for things. And like we're kind of okay at it. And then we get to the airport and like all of that goes out the door. Yeah. Nothing sends me into more of a like nihilistic, nothing matters, rage, depression than just seeing people like society fundamentally break down on an airplane. (laughs) It's just like, oh, nothing like literally nothing can get through to these people. This is not the way things work. And there's no authority that enforces it. And therefore there is no God and we are weak (laughs) and small. And there's nothing to be done. Especially because, like, I'm thinking about, like, when you're on the highway and you're in traffic and some asshole goes onto the shoulder and just starts speeding. And it's like, okay, maybe you actually really have to be somewhere and Mm -hmm. are better than the rest of us. But when it comes to to boarding an airplane, we all have the same exact destination and the same exact time frame. You can't outsmart that system. No. And yeah, I mean, the flip side is when you land and then someone in the back of the plane will immediately stand up and like race a few, a few rows ahead. And it's like, at best, you gained yourself two minutes. Two. That's not going to pay off at all for you. Especially if you checked your baggage. Like, girl, you're going to be waiting a long time anyway. Yeah. Nothing enrages me more than seeing someone who jumps up the second the airplane lands and then we're waiting next to each other at the baggage claim. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Next! Especially now, this is a a more recent complaint, I would say, but if anybody tries to um, talk to me at all in the slightest, even a whisper, even ask me if I'm all right, even to see if I want anything, I will set myself on fire. (laughs) Uh, And guess what? I'll go right up in flames because that airplane atmosphere is rife for arson. (laughs) Um, Once again, the NSA is telling us to wrap this up. Um, (laughs) 
I am having like war flashbacks before I get on this plane to thinking about the the woman I sat next to who had a baby who kept reaching out and touching me oh, and yeah. thought it was the most adorable thing. And I was like, guess what? I'm glad that you are happy with your child. I hate it. <laughs> um, I have no biological attachment to this thing. I don't care if it lives or dies. It's big wide eyes have no effect on me. Um, I would like it to stop touching me, please. I do not consent to this just because your baby is an infant doesn't mean that I won't drop kick it across this flight. (laughs) Oh, wow. And finally, plain internet. I understand that we live in the most technologically advanced uh, year ever until the future. I understand the miracles that we have created. Yeah. We're able to fly across the country in six hours. We have high-speed internet on airplanes. Uh, It never works the audacity of asking me to pay for that when you know i will yeah only to not have it work or barely work this is the definition of like okay rich people problems like there are there are much bigger issues in the world that being said if you're gonna promise me a high-speed internet there's something particularly torturous about dangling internet in front of me and then having it go slow boingo can go fuck themselves. <laughs> fuck Boingo. Fuck Boingo. I hate Boingo. <laughs> Especially at an airport when they're like, oh, here that pops up. Oh, you, you're connected to the internet. And then you go to a, a page and then it pops up and it's like, oh, you Boingo. And you have to give them your fucking social security number. And you're like, is this even a real internet provider? Or is someone in this airport just hacking into my bank? <laughs> Boingo is such a scam. It absolutely never works. What's the other one? Go-Go? Go-Go. Yeah. Yeah. Or the ones that are like, oh, funny that you found this mid-flight, but actually you had to download this thing four hours ago before you got on. Sorry, sucks to be you, but we didn't advertise this in any way until it was too late. So have fun doing absolutely nothing but diddling your dick in the bathroom. I also see a number of um, thirst traps that gays take in in airport bathrooms. And I'm just like, don't. Don't spend any time there that you don't absolutely have yeah. to spend. Like you had enough time to like take all of your clothes off in that bathroom. <laughs> what are you Where doing? Where did you put the clothes? Because <laughs> yeah. like everything around the toilet seat is covered in pee. Yeah. Because you're doing that immediately. <laughs> in which case, like, OK, you could have done that in the airport bathroom, yeah. which is also disgusting. Just make better choices. That's all I ask of people. I (laughs) beg of you, make better choices. We can all get through this damn life (sighs) unscathed. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Alana Michelle Rubin on the pod right after this commercial break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. My guest complainer today was born and raised in Queens. She wore an eye patch until she was eight years old. She's a comedian whose work has been featured in The New Yorker, Grub Street, Vulture, and more. She's also a DJ, a music blogger. She hosts a podcast called The Bop Pod. Welcome, Alana Michelle Rubin. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm great. Uh, well, we always start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, I will say Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're, it's almost that and, time. And, and this was a really difficult question to ask because like, um, I am a, a serial lover, which sounds wrong, but <laughs> I just like... I love things a lot. Like, even if I don't gravitate to it, I will just, like, give it the benefit of the doubt and love Uh that other people love it. So this was a tough assignment. But then I was like, oh, I've hated Halloween my entire life. So, yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, let's dissect. What is it exactly? Is it when when you think of Halloween, what is the, like, visceral reaction that you have in terms of, like, what it is Um, that is that is bristling? inside of you. I think that anyone who is saying they're not scared by the scary costumes is lying. <laughs> and they they are objectively all scary and not fun to look at. And I think, you know, I could like Halloween, but the presence of those like really not fun costumes ruins it for me. And yeah. I've just always I yeah. I agree. The the when people get like very graphic in their Halloween makeup, I hate it. It's just like you're at a Halloween party, someone's face is melting off because also like any place oh. that you're gonna be in that costume is not hospitable for you to be wearing stage makeup. So yes. this person is just like physically repulsive, also like, yes, psychologically repulsive. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that like, you know, the more elaborate a costume while impressive, the more uncomfortable it could be. And I just don't think that people are truly comfortable on this holiday. And I get the appeal of like wanting to be someone else for a day. That sounds fun. I also had an incident when I was 28 years old, which was far too old to be uh, having this experience, but (laughs) someone was dressed up as Pennywise at Uh a party they were not invited to, but I was at. And um, I I did cry uh, at the party, so. Okay, so um, we're talking about some deep kind of, there are, there are, (laughs) (laughs) this is hitting, this is hitting somewhere deep inside the brain. Yeah, it could be that it just brings out the worst in in me, maybe. (laughs) 
I I'm totally on the same page. I've sort of always bristled at uh, costumes like that, and I think it stems from that episode of not ghost goosebumps goosebumps with the mask. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. I so if you can imagine, I did not watch Goosebumps <laughs> often, but they played it at the after school program that I was sent to uh, as a as a kid, and I remember the ventriloquist episode. That one freaked me out, but like, yeah, go, I would love to hear your synopsis of this episode. The uh, the mask episode. Yeah, I don't know why that one in particular is the one. Probably because it scarred me so much, but that that. Goosebumps episode is the one that I recall the clearest, which is this young girl goes to a Halloween shop. And for some reason, I don't know if that was like the only mask left or she was trying to like impress her older friends with like a scary costume. And she buys this mask when she turns when she puts it on it, like she actually becomes like the monster that the mask is of. And then gradually, uh, as the episode goes goes on, she can't take the mask off. It, like, becomes her skin. I actually do remember this episode. I remember her pulling, and it's, like, at her, like, it's at her skin. It's, like, tugging it, yeah. and she wants to get it off. I just... Oh, my God. It was so wow. horrifying on so many levels, and it, it, it genuinely <laughs> scarred me, I think. Yeah, I... I would not be surprised if there was like a study done of like where <laughs> certain fears and phobias rooted from, yeah. like how many of them were like goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark and those shows, because I feel like they terrified me as a kid. And I, I felt like such a party pooper. Cause I was like, can we, and I'm still, I'm still a party pooper in that way. <laughs> I also it's full on my identity. There is when I was, when I was little, uh, I recall, I have like another traumatic memory. This is really bringing a lot up of, um, my mom putting on like green makeup to to make me up as Frankenstein. And I just remember the like Halloween makeup. It smelled like melted plastic, probably because it was melted <laughs> plastic. <laughs> but it just like the the specific odor of it made me gag. And I would have tears streaking through like gag induced tears streaking through the green paint. <laughs> So I just yeah, looked like I completely. looked like Frankenstein who had just been dumped and was like sobbing <laughs> Which in the is bathroom. Like, <laughs> yeah. You've developed a character. You've you've brought new levels to Frankenstein at that point. <laughs> that's true. I should bring that back. <laughs> yeah. That's your next one for this this October. Yeah. But I think like you're right. All those all the like makeup and like the hair sprays, it's like I all of this is 75% acid for sure. Yeah. Like I'm assuming like it's not healthy. It shouldn't be put on skin actually. Um, and I feel like just clumps of hair come out when the hairspray is used. Like right. I just I, I just don't feel like the Halloween market is even giving us their best. No. And it's I mean, partly because I was just thinking this of like the, the spirit Halloween stores that pop up starting like beginning of September. Mm-hmm. They they appear out of nowhere there'd be a, a Walgreens, a Dwayne Reed somewhere. And then the next day you wake up and an entire city block has been replaced with the spirit Halloween mm-hmm. store. I do wonder, like it's so, it feels so strategic. Like there's like a team of them, like waiting for a store to go out of business. And then they're like, yeah. that one, that's the one. <laughs> this is that where we can old children's next. place. Yeah. Someone has a map yes. laid out, <laughs> printed out and they're, they're <laughs> sticking pins into a board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I just, they've got blueprints 
Clearly, the the infrastructure or the amount of effort that goes into into building those stores that only exist in space and time for two months, like you're not going to get makeup and hairspray that has been tested in any type of laboratory on, you know, the long term health of the humans that use it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just I don't trust it. And and that's not to say that I don't use so many other chemicals <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's something about you know, Halloween when this is, you know, it's it, a, a holiday cloaked in fun and, you know, being mischievous. And is it mischievous or mischievous? Honestly, it could go either way. And I would support it. I think. Thank you. I think mischievous is more fun to say. Yeah. It makes me feel British. Um, so I like to slip that darkness in there. I mean, feels apt, but also feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still, if someone were to invite you to a Halloween party, do you just not go or do you go and suffer through it? It actually is like a very big point of contention <laughs> within myself <laughs> um, because <laughs> Like, I also um, suffer from FOMO and like being left out and I never want to be left out. If there's something happening, I don't care if it's across the country, uh-huh. I want to be invited. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, so it is something that I do have to give considerable thought to. And, you know, sometimes I'll sit it out um, because it's just the unpredictability. If I knew that all the the costumes were going to be like, you know, fun stuff like for movie, not scary movies, like, I don't know, Troop Beverly Hills sure. uh, or like Marvel stuff. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. But because there's just like the wild cards mm-hmm. that want the reaction, I'm just like, it's it's not safe for me there. Right. Yeah. Speaking of FOMO, I mean, have you felt, I think I've definitely felt like my, my FOMO is at an all time high the past like month or two. And that's probably mm-hmm. universal. I'm I'm getting that sense from a lot of people. Is that how you feel? I definitely do. Actually, well, speaking of like depression, not to get too real, but like <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Sure. Um, it's unhappy hour. You know, if nothing, nothing depressing is off the table. <laughs> okay. Incredible. That is, those are my favorite kind of conversations. <laughs> um, but I think like, you know, the, it wasn't, the pandemic was hard, but it was also like having to balance a lot of things coming back and like that really harsh transition of you haven't really been doing much of anything outside of watching so much Love Island. <laughs> and then like every night there's a social engagement. Uh-huh. And it did, it felt very overwhelming because like that that FOMO that I was used to did just come like rushing back. Yeah. And it, it really, it kicks you in the pants right. a little bit. And other areas. Yeah, I think it sounds like we're pretty we're pretty similar, which is like, yeah, you you want that thing. You want to be invited. You don't always want to go, but you want to know that you were thought of. And for like the mm-hmm. for the past 18 months, really, you know, it was like, OK, I don't have to worry about not being invited because nobody's doing anything. And now it's like people are doing stuff again. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> I, yeah. I need yeah, like where's yeah, where's the invitation that I can turn down? Exactly. Yeah, I think it just makes us uh, complex uh, characters. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> but I do think I feel like that is a pretty common thing, and and I think yeah, I think more people are realizing that about themselves. 
because yeah, we've all we've all suffered. <laughs> Isn't that a fun a fun yeah. sentiment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all we're we're together in our suffering for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I smile just thinking about it, honestly. But I actually, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you have do you feel like you have done a good job of like turning down things when you feel like you're spent and like you really it's it wouldn't be good to just do another thing with other people? Um yes and no. One thing I'm trying to be better at, which is a, a variation of that, is not feeling obligated when I am out to stay out the entire time. Like cuz I I have that where where I'm out with the group and I just feel like I need to be the last one to leave because I'm afraid oh, I'm going to go home and then something fun will happen after I leave. And I just need to be like, you know mm-hmm. what? If I can be back home and in my bed before like midnight, tomorrow will be much more fun and better. And like, so I'm getting better at that. I th- Okay. I love, I love that you said that. Um, that is something that I have been doing uh, in the recent weeks, at least, because, yeah. yeah, it's just like you feel the effects of it yesterday, or yesterday, the next day. <laughs> it's so bad that it reverberates feel- <laughs> back through time. <laughs> yes. Time, time reverses and you feel you start, you just have like residual effects, but in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is like, yeah, you, you're sort of like, I, well, I'm an adult. Surely I can leave whenever I want. But then it's like, oh, but what if I miss like the thing that then get gets broadcast to everybody? Right. And yeah, I'm, it feels bad. I've started doing those calculations in my head where I'm like, OK, I know if I go to this next bar, that's going to be like, even if it's just for one drink, that's going to be another hour. And, and then the trains are going to run later. So then I won't be home. So that actually means I'm not going to get home until like 3 a.m. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Wait. We can't can't be doing that. Can't be doing that after a whole year of like just uh, hanging around. Yeah. Um, so I mean, let's talk about some of the other ones. Shall I list some, or do you want to uh, do you want to go for it? Uh, I may have not remembered the okay. entire list. So <laughs> okay, so so I I remember fu- some. One one of them was um, Lord's new music. Which is a hot take. Yeah. You're really coming in strong with that one. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I And I feel very guilty for it. Um, big, big cornerstone of my personality is feeling guilty. Um, <laughs> so I... I love Lord. I, I really love her. I love her old music. I'm so just uh, f- disappointed a little bit with this album. I I understand that maybe she was trying to do something different mm-hmm. and I understand that a lot of people like it, but I think it doesn't really feel, because I don't want to compare her works, even though I can. I don't want to do that, uh-huh. um, but I, it feels like she's not even really excited about the music. I don't know if your music taste changed at all in the last year or what like what you were kind of listening to just day to day. But personally, I was like, I cannot listen to anything low tempo, sad, depressing. I need up tempo exclusively <laughs> or else I will mm-hmm. absolutely spiral. And Lord is definitely, you know, Lord is a rainy day stare out the window kind of artist for me so okay that's the interesting thing about this album too is that like it's allegedly like a happy joyful album Uh there's not a like barely a drum beat on the entire thing like how do you have an upbeat 
album and there's not like anything that you can move your body to other than like swaying your shoulders. Right. And the th- and melodrama was so great in that. I mean, I I love like emotional music, mm-hmm. but like sad music that you want to like shake your ass to in a sense. Um, uh-huh. And I felt like melodrama was that. Like there was so much emotion in it, but it was also like stuff you could play out at a party. Right. And like this was just such a – and I feel bad. I don't re- like – I don't want to compare it, but it's just like what there's so much more you could have – you're working with one of the best producers in pop. Mm-hmm. Like Jack Antonoff does – I think you know what? Probably the fault is of Jack Antonoff because <laughs> he has spread himself too thin. Yeah. And – He's producing you know, literally to, everything. So yeah, maybe he needs everything. to maybe he needs to take a break. Prioritize, prioritize some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, uh, you know, not to say that she didn't have like she, I'm sure she had a very big part of her own album, uh-huh. if not all of it. But like, it's just it's what what where does it end? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's also audacious to make a happy record when everyone when everything is like literally in flames. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the thing. It's it's like uh, I I want happy upbeat music, but also it's like inappropriate right now. Mm-hmm. When you uh, are DJing, so, so do you you just kind of DJ as a DJ, right? I don't know yeah, what kind of yeah. question that was. I guess I meant rather than like, <laughs> it's not necessarily like you're doing a, a DJ comedy set, like you're DJing and comedy as two separate things. I would love to do that. And like, I would love my, my goal, I think hopefully for this year or next year is to have like some sort of like music comedy show where uh-huh. I can DJ and perform. Yeah. Um, but right now I am doing them separately. Um, and I DJ for some like a lot of like comedy related stuff. Like I did a show a few weeks ago. I'm doing an album release party that's also a comedy show tonight. Uh, and then then I have like just a dance party on September 4th. So it does it ranges, but like I'm always trying to sort of fuse comedy and music together. Right. And it's it's hard. It's difficult. But yeah, I would love to do that someday. I, uh, everything I know about being a DJ, I learned from the, uh, seminal Zac Efron film, uh, with the name of which I can't think of right now. I'm going to pull it up. Zac Efron. Wanna be a DJ or something? Oh, we are your friends. friends. I knew there was a W. (laughs) (laughs) We are your friends. It is, uh, an absolutely horrible movie, (laughs) but. (laughs) And, and I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I do think, I mean, anybody who's been to a, any dance party, anywhere where a DJ is performing, you either, like, they're either, it's harder than it looks. I think people underestimate it the amount is. of energy that goes into it. it. It definitely is. And I was trying to teach myself for a while and I would like make mixes and I was like, this just doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but it doesn't sound right. And and like, you know, I'd watch a lot of I'm I'm a I sometimes need somebody to show me something first before mm-hmm. I can like know how to do it. And I tried watching YouTube tutorials and it's like, okay, you gotta count the beats. But you know, if you ever want to question if you can count to four, I would say DJing <laughs> is for you. Um it's extremely humbling. But like once you sort of get the hang of it, then like at least just like mixing music mm-hmm. is 
is easier. And then there's just like, it gets more complicated because there are so many other ways that you can be creative in it. And I, I, you know, I'm also a classic overthinker. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I laughed at that. Um, really selling myself well, I think. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I yeah, feel class- like, yeah, I, I identify with all of it. Thank you. Uh, I feel, I feel very seen. And <laughs> When I was learning, I had an instructor and he was just like, it's not rocket science. And I was like, I was like both relieved, but also insulted because I like in the beginning didn't feel like I was good at it. And I was like, okay, so yeah, I'll just get a third grader in here to do it, I guess. (laughs) I do think I I mean, uh, to be fair, I have not uh, gone deep in the YouTube worlds, the DJing world on YouTube. Um, but it is humbling for a lot of a lot of things that I've looked up on YouTube to see like a teenager doing instructional videos. It's so my point being there is in every in every like area of focus, there is a teenager on YouTube who will humiliate you and make you feel like you know nothing. A hundred percent. The worst is watching the teen ones because you're like why? Why are? Why do you have to be this good? Like, I, yeah. I just need to know a couple things. Like, I don't. I don't need to feel bad about myself. I love the subtext of every one of those those videos. It's just like, here's yeah, here you fucking idiot. Here is yeah, is how you do this thing <laughs> that I learned when I was an infant. Can you even? Yeah. Can you even read? Uh, <laughs> um. Well, before I mean, because since we're we're getting we're getting close to the end, um, tell me about your podcast. Oh yeah, okay. So the pod, the the podcast, the Bot Pod. Um, I started it a couple years ago. I just love I love hearing about other people's like taste in music and what they like hold close to them because mm-hmm. I feel like I am I am a bit precious with the music I listen to and I. Like, you know, there's not really an avenue to talk about it unless like, you know, my blog and I I don't I'm not a music journalist or anything. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it would be nice. Like other people probably want to talk about the music that meant a lot to them and like why. And for me, I associate a lot of uh, experiences with different songs and artists. and, And I think I was just curious, like what other people could relate their life experience with in terms of music. And Mm -hmm. it started from there. And now we're in like an iteration of it where people just choose one or two artists to talk about Mm -hmm. and we'll focus on that. And I've, I've learned so much uh, through that format too, because people talk about people I'm not familiar with or not that familiar with. And it's really, it's, it's a blast and a half. And yeah, I, I love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a recent episode and it sounded as if uh, your guest had uh, told you to listen to four, Beyonce's Four and you perhaps had not listened mm, to that. And I was like, how are you not just born having listened to, to Four? <laughs> I was a little shocked. I was I was shook. I, I think, you know, when Four came out, I must have been in college at that point. And I mean, her first self-titled album was a very big part of, I guess, my like late adolescence. And then I don't know, you know, I I was in upstate New York. I was in a little bubble and, you know, (laughs) I probably just wasn't doing the the sort of like 
scouting for stuff. I sure. mean, it was probably everywhere, to be honest. <laughs> but I have I have been known to be a little bit under the rock about some things. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I I did feel like I failed Beyonce uh, in many ways. Right. I mean, we all here, do. I, I knew. F- yeah. Yeah. I, I And it's hard not to because she is so great and she does so many great things and like it's it's i think very easy to fail sometimes mm-hmm. under that lens yeah and and jake p- pretty much just gave me a, a really life-changing lecture in the car um <laughs> and was like this this album will change your life yeah and it did i think um so what else is coming up you said you had shows you're per- back to performing live what's coming yes, up back to performing live I have uh, my show Sick at Caveat in New York on October 19th, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's hosted by myself and Vicky Lita. And yeah, it's just a fun time. People talking about their their ailments uh, and things that they've gone through throughout their life. Yeah. But comedy. Um, And comedy. Yes, absolutely. It is is a comedic show. Right. But again, love a tinge of uh, tragedy with everything, (laughs) you know? I'm always on board with that. Clearly. I mean, this, the show is called (laughs) unhappy hour. So I'm, you know, more sickness and illness. Why not? Why not? It's that's life, you know? Yeah. And that, that will be, that will be on a, on a decorative uh, plaque in target. (laughs) That's life. (laughs) Yeah. And then where can people find you and your work? They can find me at Alana from Queens on Instagram and my website is alanafromqueens.com and any shows that I got coming up will be announced on Instagram. I have, you know, one of those cute little like link tree things and, right. you know, just to make it easier for people. Um, yeah, that's that's where I am all Amazing. the time, unfortunately. <laughs> same, also same. Uh, well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what do we highlight in this week? This week, I wanted to highlight something we do every week in our chasers, which is talk about TV. Mm-hmm. You love TV. I love TV. Did you know that the industry actually really takes advantage of its workers? I did know that. Well, it's not surprising. I want to talk about the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. So there's other unions that are probably more household names like WGA, things right. like that. Like, every day in my household, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm just saying, the WGA, like, <laughs> SAG. Yeah, it will so yeah, the, those are more household names. This one is less so. It's like it basically is the union that covers a lot of the other jobs that happen that happen on sets. Um, it's you know everything from like set deck and costume design and like a, a whole bunch of stuff. Writing assistants, I believe, are also on that. And best grip. That's one of my favorites. It's a, it's or a great one, one that's just best boy. Mm, love a best boy. So right now, this union is trying to negotiate contracts with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, and it's for very understandable things like like better working hours, livable wages. And then a really big thing is that a lot of these streaming services, even though they are making TV shows, uh, it's considered new media. So they're able to get away with like paying less for like all of these jobs and things like that. They're, they're just not held to the same standard as other series and films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to shout out um, the accounts at IATSE and at IA underscore stories, which are anonymous stories 
stories from people in the industry about how terrible these working conditions are. And um, I'm not sure by the time this episode comes out if they if the strike will have happened or not right now as of this recording. Uh, there might be a strike if these if this deal is not met. Um, but I just wanted to bring it up because we talk about TV a lot. We love TV. We're, we have a lot of people on who work in TV. And uh, it's a really big deal that this potential strike might be happening. And we just want to show solidarity for that union and for all the people who make the things that bring us so much joy. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, on that note, yeah. what TV have you been watching this week? I finished Reservation Dogs, mm-hmm. um, which I really loved. And I believe we're going to be having Tommy Pico, uh, who was one of the writers on the show, on the pod very soon. And I'm super excited about that. Um, so I loved Reservation Dogs. Uh, what we do in the shadows this new season has been so good so far. I love it so much. It's just such a ridiculous show. I did want to update and say only murders in the building. I would not say is continuing strong, uh-huh. um, but I am continuing to watch it. It's it, it really seems like the people who wrote it have never heard a conversation between someone in their 20s and someone in their 60s. Uh-huh. Like the intergenerational chatting on that show is like humans don't say these words <laughs> that's how i feel um there are some other things that i'm like okay but i still am along for the ride of the actual story and the mystery and and the comedy so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what i'm continuing to watch this week what about you uh nothing new in treatment still mm-hmm. <sighs> chugging mm-hmm. along Ooh, i am excited i need to download oh no it's not going to be in time great british bake-off is back Ooh. Which is huge for me. Wow. Oh, my God. Do you think you're going to start baking more again? Also, it's getting colder. So Yeah. They know. They know Mm -hmm. just when to get their grips on me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so same stuff for me. What is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser. I'm not going to say what the costume is, Mm -hmm. but you and I have started planning our Halloween costume. (laughs) Right. A whole month in advance. And I just, it really brought me back to college where I took Halloween very seriously. Every year, my friends and I had multiple costumes. I loved putting, it's like, I am not a crafty person and ridiculous pop culture Halloween costumes are just about the only thing I can execute as far as vision goes. And I, it, it's brought me so much joy it's also a great way to procrastinate on things is when i'm like instead of like going on to instagram i'm like well let me look up this item and see if there's anything on like poshmark or ebay today uh-huh um i'm gonna make one of the things related to the costume <laughs> i'm thrilled yeah i've mostly been watching in kind of abject horror <laughs> over the obsession that developed very quickly we have made a google doc there are links and inspo photos uh-huh um tweet at us shout us out on instagram what you think we're gonna be dressing up as uh, sure <laughs> we're gonna have a big reveal uh-huh, uh-huh. um so yeah that that truly is bringing me a lot of joy what about you what's your non-tv chaser for the week uh a couple of smaller things one is is oh well you won't like this one um because i updated my um my phone like ios 15 is available now Uh and one of the things that i really love is that they now added the option on apple podcast which is where i listen to my podcast of a 1.25 speed Uh, (laughs) 1.25 is at least somewhat okay i don't really know if i'm saving time no Um, barely 
because I never liked listening to podcasts sped up in any way. Yeah. Either normal speed or like one and a half, which felt too fast. Yeah. Two times way too fast. You hear nothing. Yeah. Um, but there's something about like one point a quarter mm -hmm. that is a little bit better. You don't even want me to say this. It's fine. I know that people do it. I'm aware. It just, you know, hurts my soul. I guess it depends on the show. I don't listen to every show sped up. If there's certain shows like news shows where I'm like, I kind of just want the information. It's mm -hmm. less about the actual like listening and enjoyment. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, time is a construct. <laughs> The, sure, speed, the sure. speed at which things move means nothing. You know what else should move faster? Your chaser. Did we get through the seven TV shows <laughs> you're watching this week? My other chaser is the white noise playlist on Spotify that I've been listening Ooh. to while I work. Um, I realized that apparently I really need some stimulation when I'm when I'm sitting and writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't sit in silence, but I can't listen to music. So... It's really a conundrum for me. It's really a big dilemma. And uh, wow. so my chaser is literal white noise. <laughs> white noise and speeding up podcasts. Yep. That's it for this Sounds week. Sounds like you're having a great week. Anyway, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode, video of our extended guest complainer interview, an entire separate podcast feed of all the bonus stories from every week. You'll get the whole back catalog um, since I started posting them. Uh, so it's like a second day of unhappy hour shit that you get every single week. I post them all on um, Thursdays, so you'll get that then. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. As always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, follow us, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. No shit. I don't want to hear your shit. Just keep it to yourself. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Del Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. I don't even know what that was. What just happened? Bye bye. I mean, that, no, we're using that one. Fine. <laughs> this works for me. <laughs>